Zane, important question for you. It's Halloween time, and you're the parent of, of two children. So most importantly, how, how are you strategizing around surviving Halloween? Uh, well, we messaged to the kids earlier that they're not going to be able to keep all the candy okay. uh, so that there's not disappointment. It's really the main thing. Uh, <laughs> Now, did, um, are you going to like divide and conquer because you have like a younger one and maybe like an older one or will it, will you make them stay together? Uh, we're in a preset bedtime. So yeah, they just stick together. And, you know, like I say, since, uh, they get a lot more candy than we keep. So, you know, it's I like not- it though, but you just set the precedent that candy would be taken. There's no like exchange or anything like that. You haven't like negotiated anything like that. Like with my son, yeah. but we, we, we offer some like a false choice exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can have this. Or you can you can trade it in for something that seems to go better, but it's maybe unnecessary bribery. Yeah, yeah, we just do, you know, so many pieces, and it's really even not that many. We're pretty tight with candy, part of partly because he loves it. Like he, yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> that's that's the yeah. unfortunate. Now, do you now what is your take on candy? Do you eat candy? And more, and the other question is, yeah. what is your favorite type of candy? I did uh, my favorite type of candy. Uh, and probably for type, what probably what I eat most often is just like dark chocolate. Yeah. And, and that's really the only thing that I will eat consistently nowadays. Um, you know, like at least 70%. Uh, and then, but I do like a Twix. Like, I, I like those little Reese's yeah, uh, little peanut Reese's. butter cups, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want anything too big. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also why I like the Twix. I just eat one, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kit Kat. Like I like some, you know, those are good. Like, I like it too. Like I'm, the cookie crunch. Yeah, no, yeah. I like the, um, I'm, I'm like a Snickers guy. I like a little, like a little nut taste. Yeah. Like a, like a, just like you said, a little Twix, a little Reese's, yeah. a little Reese's, um, PCs kind of thing. So I, I find a, like with children, it's just like that. It's one, an unnatural color. Mm-hmm. It's some kind of, uh, green, like green that's not naturally occurring or blue. Yeah. And it's just incredibly sweet it's just it's not even doesn't even taste good so i think that must be uh, as you get older your taste buds clearly evolve or get dulled down um because yeah. i just want to eat or want to eat some of that stuff and just like ugh, so it's awful i remember last halloween i think it was but uh one of the candies that the older son chose to retain was a candy corn and i was like really <laughs> Candy corn, you know, because it's just it's just it's just compressed sugar, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like it, the worst candy of yeah, all candy. Dough. It it's makes just, sense, but it's, I was it's like, not even good candy. Dough. I never, you know, I never like candy corn. I will say that. Yeah, you, you, even when I was young, it was candy corn and candy favorite. canes, I believe, are are awful. Can- like they're just yeah. they're he just decoration, right? Yeah. No one should actually eat them. Just yeah. like you know, eat some chocolate. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hopefully, we'll survive Halloween. You know, I don't know. We'll we'll see. That's always a, it's always an open question. Uh, but you know, really, reason I wanted to have you on today is that. You have actually had a pretty interesting career. I think a lot of people that listen to this have, and myself included, have kind of taken what I'll just call the corporate path. Like we've like worked for like big corporations, um, you know, a lot of job titles, big bureaucracies, um, some good and some bad. But I think you know, pretty early on in in your career, you know, you sort of got out, and I think you've sort of you know, if you will, uh, kind of gone the solo route or the consultant route, like really early on. And I thought it would be interesting to kind of walk through like both you know your career. And then also, too, kind of like, you know, what you've learned. And we mm-hmm. kind of do some compare and contrast. So with that as sort of a segue, um, let's start. So, you, you know, you, you come out of college, and, and you, did you actually have, like, a typical corporate job? Was that, like, your first job out of college? No, the first thing I did was actually even before college, um, like, uh, I think 16. Uh, a number of kids at my high school had been recruited by a local businessman who was starting, uh, it was originally an online mall in like 90, 
when did it actually start? 95, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like shop online before. Right. This is like pre-Amazon. Yeah, yeah, before that existed. Before, yeah. This is yeah, exactly what it was like. It was way before Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they had a few stores. They signed up a, a few things. Uh, and he basically just, his son, who was very good with computers, uh, knew a few people who were very good uh, with, you know, developing, I say computers, but, you know, software. Um, and uh, they just recruited from the high school. I kind of came in in the second batch, but it was still, um, actually started before I graduated. And then, uh, you know, basically, I actually didn't start with the computers. I started uh, writing copy mm-hmm. uh, uh, for marketing stuff. So like website copy at the time or uh, brochures like? and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, but you know, I saw all my friends were back there coding and I kind of dabbled. And so I just, you know, they gave me some projects and I did them. And, you know, once I could do it, I was like kind of let in and then, you know, started <laughs> developing after, you know, a, a month or so. I mean, it was very quick that I switched over. Um, and that was always kind of my goal too. And it, 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 it was known, you know, I was just kind of interning while I, you know, came up to speed pretty right. much. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and it, it was basically like, you know, do what you can and chime in when you can. It was very uh, flat, so ended up being, you know, effectively, you know, a co-architect of the system. Uh, I ended up sitting on and kind of, uh, you know, d- didn't really own it, but I had, you know, final control and made sure it all aesthetically hung together of the major spec that we had, uh, which is one of the things that I thought they did, re- we, we did really well there. Uh, was there was a, you know, it, it was living. I mean, it'd be updated, but we had a very, you know, clear spec. So new people could come on. They could see what it was. When questions of how things were supposed to work in the system, you could go read and it would tell you, you know, here's the theory. Here's why we're doing it like this, you know. Uh, so, you know, it was it was a good tool, especially with the flat organization we had. You know, we had to have, you know, half a dozen to a dozen people at different times kind of on the same page of where everything was headed. Uh, so, Yeah. So you're pre- like pretty young at this point. I mean, you're like high school senior, like 17, 18 Yeah, 17, old? 18. Yeah. Okay. And then so you're kind of like already. So that's interesting. What, what's the story behind? I mean, that's actually quite novel by like, oh, yeah. the founder. <laughs> like, I mean, because everyone always talks about like getting like usually like college, something, you know, in college. But I mean, to go into 11th and 12th grade, I assume that's kind of when you guys are doing this. Like yeah. what? Like, like, what was his story? Like, did he was it just cheap labor, or was it? Well, that it, was certainly part of it. Um, uh-huh. Although, you know, compared to other wages of the day, and given our experience level, it wasn't. You know, I mean, it was it, it was good work for us. Don't get me wrong, either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, so we were at the Science Academy, which mm-hmm. is one of the things. So it's a magnet school here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, and at the time there were two magnet schools. I think now there's only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, this was not only like, you know, the kids that would go to a magnet school, but the kids that would go to the science and math magnet school okay. when you had a choice between so that like and some, the liberal arts magnet some like school. like recruiting basically. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a very already biased sample size that he was recruiting from, um, you know, and we had, you know, programming courses and stuff such as they were. I mean, you know, and uh, a lot of the kids just did it on their free time. So, I mean, it was, you know, certainly stuff that was in the air. Uh, but then also, you know, his son went there and, you know, he knew, uh, and he was a little older too. Mm -hmm. He was two years older. So a number of the people that they recruited were like entering college kind of. Um, and then, uh, but then there was, they pulled in their friends and for some reason like skipped a generation, I want to say, uh, because we were all, I think two grades down. Um, 
Yeah. And so, you know, he, it wasn't quite as crazy as it sounds. He wasn't just going into, you know, like a random high school. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to say random because I'm sure every high school has great and talented uh, developers there. Right. You know, I mean, and it, it, and it was also just luck. I mean, you know, everything kind of, uh, you know, you could rerun it a number of times. It wouldn't always happen like that, yeah. but yeah, you know, it turned out, turned out well. So that was, I guess, you know, I don't even know if we called it at the time. So that was like basically a startup. Would you call it like a startup in 1995 yeah. or 98, whatever? It was a startup that kind of had an incubator structure mm-hmm. because they had a product which was some counting software that was sold to businesses. And they were basically trying to figure out what to do next. And I'm probably not remembering all this story right, but I think his son was kind of involved with, you know, like, like you got to look at the internet, dad. And, uh, <laughs> You know, they kind of settled on this and then he knew enough, you know, he had enough contacts around town to basically get the initial people signed on to it. And uh, it would have died had it not been for one customer, which was a bank. And uh, the interesting thing about the bank is, you know, they were different than all the other customers were retail. So it was an e-commerce play thing mainly. But the bank was the only one that paid their bills on time. (laughs) And so we started doing more and more work for the bank. Uh, and then it morphed very quickly into online banking, which did not exist at the time. Everything was BBS. Okay. So you'd dial in, uh, you know, so you'd have a modem and you'd have to dial in directly to a telephone for that particular bank. And you could check your account with an ASCII terminal type stuff was what existed. Uh, and so we were certainly one of the first to begin developing. And there were a couple other companies that were moving in parallel with us at the time. So, you know, it's hard to say who was like out first and stuff, but we were, you know, we're, early days. Yeah. We were one of the first online, you know, internet banking companies out there. <laughs> right. You know? That's pretty cool. So, so you're doing this and then I think you went to rice. Is that right? Or somehow you ended up at rice. Yes. Okay. So did you like work and then just go off to college? Did you continue to work? What happened? Yeah. So I, I worked, I went to college, uh, for a semester, I think, uh, and kind of kept in touch. And then, uh, let's see, initially, they had offered uh, uh, most of the other developers there who'd been there a little bit longer um, to basically uh, wait a year to go to college. I didn't get that, but uh, then they did, uh, you know, change their mind, talk me into it. What you know, uh, I, I talked them into it um, uh, for the next year, and then and then I ended up staying longer. Uh, than actually most of the others did. Cause I let's see, I took a year off and then I did another semester, uh, where I was, I basically went to all my teachers and said, Hey, I'm doing this stuff. And rice has a policy with test taking where they use the honor system. Uh, oh, and really? so yeah, most, almost all the finals are, here's the final, here's the rules. Don't break the rules, you know, and it'll be, you know, you've got such and such time. Don't look at these materials, you know, and, or do, I mean, you know, different rules, but whatever right. the rules are, you just expect to take it. So I was like, so can I just not be here? And I got all my, uh, professors to buy in. Um, so I think I was actually there for uh, a little bit more than a year, uh, kind of under that arrangement. And, uh, and then I think I actually did take a little bit extra time. I think it might have been more like two years in total. So I had a, basically like a space in between college. I started, did a couple semesters, worked in the middle, and then I went back. It's interesting. So it's like so often like people take the gap year to travel, yeah. and they just take time to like do something else. So it's it's kind of funny. You like took time away to like 
basically work. I mean, I think it worked out better too, because I did get a couple of classes and rice is very theory oriented, mm-hmm. um, which uh, appeals to me, but also is something that you don't really get out of like, you know, learn Pearl, you know, I say Pearl cause that's what it was during the, you know, mm-hmm. at that time, uh, <laughs> learn, you know, learn Pearl in, you know, two weeks or whatever, you know, you're not going to get like computability theory or, you know, O of N right. thinking or anything like that. And not that you use that stuff a lot, but I think it's good to have, uh, kind of a foundational view of how computers work and what they can do and what they can't do and, you know, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I think, you know, um, because I was a co-op in college was a little bit more structured every other, you know, semester you would work. And it, it is funny. Like I look back at uh, computer science education, it's like, you know, compilers and data structures yeah. and like, you know, kind of what I find, like once you graduate, unless you happen to work in those specific fields, it's like, I don't know, data structures. I just like look up. Yeah. the data structure that's built in and just use it. Like, I don't really, I'm not like in there. Uh, yeah. So, so there is something um, good, I guess. But you need to know to look it up. I agree. And then, you, you know, know how to look it you, up. I yeah. think you need to know enough to evaluate. Yes, like, exactly. The things are, yeah. if you don't, um, you know, I think the classic, you know, like the Google question is like reverse a binary tree. And it's like, well, I don't know. No yeah. one's really doing that. Yeah. Like that's not well, real. And but why would you, you know, how would I reverse a binary tree? I'd look it up on Google. Yeah. Thank, you know, that's, that's how right. I do I'd it. Look at Stack Overflow and see <laughs> yeah. what's going on. So, all right. So you're, um, so it's interesting. So you kind of started like right away, kind of more, you know, at least on the startup kind of entrepreneurial side. Yeah. So you're, and then you're, you know, took a couple of years off, you're working. And then as you're kind of like preparing to like, if you will, re-enter the workforce from rice like did you consider like what, what was your mindset were you like i want to go start a company i want to work at small companies uh, i'm talking to like large companies like what was your mindset when you're graduating like what did you want to do to do so um actually started the first company i started coral before rice i think i'm not super no yeah yeah uh, okay. uh was over um and that was the extra year i think that i took off uh that, uh, uh, so yeah, cause I was off for two. So one was at funds express and then, uh, you know, funds express was going through some business changes and, you know, wasn't the best fit, uh, at the time. So I had, I had left there, but I was, you know, talking, um, to, uh, a friend, uh, who had worked at funds express, but kind of a little bit before, like we just missed each other mm-hmm. there. Uh, but he was in the same kind of cohort and, uh, we were both interested in, I mean, I don't remember who even started or whatever, but we were talking about like SETI at home, if you remember that, where it would analyze for your transforms on your computer to try right. to find evidence. Yeah, that's the thing you downloaded and fi- yeah. finding aliens, right? Yeah. Was idea. And so yeah. You- because basically they had all this data, but you had to do this analysis to see, yep. you know, if there was something in it and the analysis would look like was taking longer than they were getting the data in. So they farmed it out. So we were looking at that and, um, you know, I was talking how, you know, you could, you know, generalize that system. And then my friend had a, I mean, he knew software, but he also had a, uh, oh, another kind of engineering. I think it was actually like, like aerospace. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, he knew of many classes of problems, which you could apply, uh, cause to distribute the data like that, it needs to be divisible, right? Like you right. need to be able to look at a chunk and do the work there without referencing all the other chunks out mm-hmm. there. And there's levels to that, you know? So I mean, it's kind it's of, kind of a, like the map. Reduce it's kind of a kind gradient. Of thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't, you know, the term probably existed, but I, I hadn't not heard it at that time, but yeah, right. know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we basically, uh, you know, looked up, 
you know, which problems you could do. And so like, so you can do rendering. So like movies and stuff, which was, you know, a big one. Um, a lot of, uh, air, you know, aerospace stuff like simulating, uh, plane wings and stuff is actually very similar. Uh, so you can do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we're also looking at routing. We actually talked with uh, UPS for a while. Was kind of interested. Um, was it UPS? So you mean like FedEx? routing, like like driving like trucks mm-hmm. around? Yeah, or like, like, phys- yeah, like yeah, routing planning for packages uh-huh. and stuff. Um, and so we had this kind of, and so we were gonna, you know, we started working on this system to to build this, and it, this was in. Uh, it was right before the dot-com crash. So uh, money was relatively loose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not to say that it wasn't a great idea, uh, too. Let's just remember back um, to those days. But, uh, yeah, so we got some early uh, seed stage funding, mm-hmm. basically put a crew together, got another, you know, round of funding to keep going. It wasn't even a mezzanine. It was basically like continuation of seed stage. Uh, you know, built a good portion of the software, you know, had a patent going, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Uh, well, wait a minute, go back in time yeah. a little bit. So, like, you know, so I think a lot of people probably, when they're graduating school, like, they're thinking about different things. Maybe they want to start a company, but yeah. like, so when, when, so you're just mentally, when you're like going to do this, where you're just like, Hey, oh, well, yeah. th- th- is this the, <laughs> like, where you just sort of like, I want to do this. I don't want to work for the man. Or was it like, cause I, I think there was always some risk yeah. where you just like, well, maybe I should get like a job at like a, a big computer company and like get a good salary. Like, you know, what was your mindset? So I had, uh, one, I have a pretty entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. um, to one of the guys that I, I, I met at funds express. He's actually the CFO for a while. Um, and we would talk about, you know, economics a lot, uh, and finance, uh, and he, you know, said to me one day and not that this was not the ether, you know, it wasn't totally him, but it, it, you know, it it was very memorable. I think tripped over, you know, when you're young, you've got time to make up mistakes. So, you know, swing big now, you know, and, and, and see what happens. I, I do want to say, we can get back to this later. The new research is that like, uh, you know, 40 year olds are, are the best at starting companies. Yeah, I, think, I think it's their mid 40s. So, <laughs> right, yeah. I think it comes full circle. I mean, I think there's truth to, you know, to both. I mean, go ahead and try when you're young. Uh-huh. And also, if you think it's something you want to do, start getting experience then because you can fail. You can, you know, and your expenses are low. You know, um, he probably mentioned that. That's something I think about more now, you know, <laughs> when my expenses aren't so low, you know, but like, you, you know, I mean, you can live on ramen. You don't have kids. You don't have a wife. You don't have. Right. I think it's all you know. in that big bucket of like, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. But I think what I find is that when people that are older and really any or people are experienced, not even necessarily older, mm-hmm. right. They will often look back at somebody and give them that kind of advice. But it doesn't necessarily change the fact that that person receiving the advice actually feels like they have something to oh, lose. No. Yeah, so, you no. know, that's the big thing about, you know, like Rice is a great school, for example. I'm sure like a lot of recruiters came. And, and so, so a big corporate job, like to someone that's maybe 40, is just like, ah, you know, those come and go. It's not a big deal. Whereas yeah. when you're just getting out of school and you haven't had that and you haven't necessarily had like an f- official job with like a, what we'll call like a professional salary, it can feel like there's something to lose, right? Yeah. That is that's big to you. So it's, um, I think in your case, it sounds like you just, you were able to digest and be like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, and I think like, you know, when I say mindset, one of the things that I learned, you know, very early, I mean, this was in the first couple of years of, you know, working at Funds Express, the first job, um, is that I don't fit in well. And I don't mean like socially or whatever. I think I'm very easy to get along with. Um, and I can fit myself into lots of situations and I'm, and I'm actually pretty fine with that. Like pay me enough and I'll, you know, I'm happy to do what you want to do. Right. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, where I can bring value to the company or like kind of the scope of things I'm interested in, I think have a kind of, um, you know, legitimate, you know, points to make on it, you know, it's pretty wide and the bigger the company gets typically, you know, in gross generalizations here, there's always exceptions, but the typically more specialized, the, you know, work gets. And if you look at, you know, uh, the asks. So, I mean, it would, you know, I mean, and so I'd get this sense, like looking through like the jobs that were on offer, you know, and it was like junior X developer. And I was like, junior developer. I don't know. I've been architecting the system. I've been managing people. I had a team of like five people. I've been writing specs. You know, we've got this thing that's used by banks moving billions of dollars that I wrote a substantial portion of, you know, it doesn't sound, you know, junior doesn't sound right, but like you're at, you know, on the other hand, I'm not going to make the qualifications, you know, because they all all have, you know, X years. Yeah, of, like 10 know, years experience. Peak year and I'm like, well, I, I don't have those years. I'm probably better than the guy that does. Right. But, you know, I'm not going to check your boxes in HR. And also, too, like, you know, one of the things I hear a lot from many different directions in big companies. And so I, I think it's pretty ingrained in the culture is often like stay in your lane kind of thinking, you know. And I think it's, you know, two things is you know, and it makes sense too. And that's fine. You know, and a lot of, I think that works for, you know, a lot of people, right. A lot of people want to know, you know, what do I do? What's my job? You know, like, you know, I just want to, you know, check them off, get done and go home. You know, I, you know, and, and you can love it or it can be a job. Um, but you know, like I, I like to, you know, look at the big picture, and, and be involved with it, but I'm also good with details, you know, so it's just mm-hmm. kind of like to keep my interest level, I've got to move around. And that's not really something that's available in a big company, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying one's better than the other, but just in, like, in terms of fit, you know, um, you know, and uh, so I think the type of stuff I could bring, you know, I think it, it, it could be useful in, you know, big company and stuff. And I think a lot of big companies could use more of this if I was, you know, if I ever get big enough to like pontificate at people, this is what I'll tell them. <laughs> right. Uh, this is your business book you're going to write one day. Yeah. But, you know, until you've made, you know, but the truth is no one listens to you until you've made, you know, your millions. And then they listen to you whether you made the millions by accident or not anyway. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's, all, you know, it's, a, it's kind of ridiculous. But, um, you know, which is to say like, you know, like at one point I would have, tr- like I used to fight this stuff more and think like, you know, the strength of my ideas and the fact that I'm right would like persevere, but that's not really it. But, you know, and it's just not a great fit, basically. Right. Is the, is so you the knew, so it's kind of cool. So, I mean, I think at an early age, you sort of, it sounds like you're very self-aware. You're sort of like, this is kind of what I want to do, and I'm going to find, I, this is, I guess I'm, you know, just summarize what you said there. Yeah. Like, and you kind of said like, hey, I want to, if, if this is the kind of person I am, and I want to do these different things in a variety, and I have some experience I think is really valuable, I'm, I'm going to have more success either starting my own company or working at a smaller place. So, so th- that part is interesting. And then the second part is like, okay, so then you, you know, this is, you know, validation of an idea, right? Because we all have, like, you know, you and I have talked, you know, outside the podcast, like, there's all these ideas. Everyone has yeah. ideas. Everyone, and there's usually somebody super passionate about something. And, and, and you hear it, and you're just like, eh, maybe, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so how did you end up, um, you know, if you can kind of do anything? Like, yeah. So how did you kind of settle in as you're going to, like, start Coral? Is it Coral? Coral. Yeah. Coral. If you're going to start it out, like, how are you, like, okay, this idea of the millions of things we've, we've thought about, this is the right idea. Like, how did yeah. you come to that conclusion? You know, I, I don't even remember what the other words were, but we did kick around. You know, I mean, there was some stuff we were kicking around. Uh, and, uh, uh, but that one, it was, you know, a big part was study at home, which is very fascinating. I mean, it was the first, um, you know, there were a few others and they're like cure for cancer and stuff. And now Bitcoin is essentially that, right? Right. Um, but that was really the first of those things. And, you know, I, 
I think we both just love that idea of like being able to like, I love efficiency and it just sounded so efficient. Like you've got all these computers running screensavers, use that same power, you know I mean? And yeah. that, that was the selling point is it, it was so simple, you know, mm-hmm. um, use that for something good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so really love that idea. The commercialization was pretty obvious cause you have all, you know, I mean, we ran numbers and it's like, okay, you know, FedEx has all these, you know, Work, you know, workstations and desktops at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just sitting around doing nothing. You know, how much computation could you do? And, you know, I, I figured it, you know, what we were, but, you know, I mean, these are made up, but, you know, we figured that, you know, uh, Disney could render two movies, you know, without, you know, simultaneously, without, you know, building another server room, you know, just right. by using what they had, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff, right? right? Um, and and I think so, maybe we should you know, set the stage a little bit at the time period because this is the time when, uh, I think most people, uh, certainly, I mean, you had a desktop. Like, mm-hmm. You actually had this thing that sat in your office. So it isn't like a laptop you turn off and went home. It's right. like the, all these computers, <laughs> big cube. I, we're, we're overgeneralizing again, but like, yeah. there's kind of a big cube farm. All the computers just sat there, and they were just kind of idle all yeah. night long, well, right? And they stay so, on at night, too, yeah. because uh, you know that's when the updates come in and stuff from, from the admins. Yeah, so it's a little yeah. different now. It's probably yeah. most places, like laptops are coming and going, yeah. and they're on and off the network. So at the time, though, it was just sort of like, yeah, this, you, you know, whatever, say 8 o'clock at night. It's just, you know, 12 hours mm-hmm. of dormant computers, right? So, yeah. All right, so what, um, so you kind of have this technology, right? So it sounds like you get really interested in that. And then, like, how did you go find your first customers? Like, how did that work? Well, part of the reason that we settled on that one was the messaging was so simple. We could just say, steady at home commercialized, you yeah. know, and here's, you know, here's the companies that can use that. Right. And it was, you know, Fortune 500 after Fortune 500, you know, mm-hmm. huge market, all that kind of stuff, right? Which is, if you're... At the time, we didn't really think anything other than going the VC route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that evolves later. But, uh, you know, it, it, it fit within that mold. You right. know, it was, it was a big idea that was current, easy to sell, you know, large numbers involved. Right. Uh, so basically, we just took that story, did a fins and family round, um, and it was just it was just people we knew, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that like? How did uh, did you did you have to like did you have like build a PowerPoint deck and like mm-hmm. pitch them, or was it just yeah? Hey, you know this is a great idea. You know me. You know, no, it, we put together a, a a pretty substantial business plan and then a PowerPoint deck, and so you know we'd go in and we had you know contracts and everything drawn up, and mm-hmm. we were pretty ready for it. You know, I mean we put in time ahead of time right. on it too. Um, you know, in part because you know, and, I, and we were always very clear like risk, 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 risk. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, but. You know, this kind of stuff is happening. Yeah. You know, um, and I will say had it not been for the crash, it, you know, might've had a shot. Well, crash and one other thing too, uh, which was basically just a IBM and Microsoft blanketed, uh, because there's like us and two or three other companies were doing something very similar and like, you know, getting a little bit of press and stuff. So IBM and Microsoft both put out this stuff that they were going to do it, but it was total brochure where they never did, they never did anything and they were doing it just to kill innovation because of course you know incumbents you know i mean why would you want innovation that's disruptive right? well certainly from their perspective yeah. i think they're like no we just want to buy our big servers right i mean that's yeah. their message so so how many people did you um so you raised the money and i know you hired um you know some some reasonably I think big six. Team, six six yeah. people and were yeah. they all developers all or? developers yeah okay and then myself and the other founders did uh i was the only really technical founder um or well that did technical stuff uh, and then we would spend a lot of our time, you know, fundraising and marketing and all that kind of stuff. I was kind of split in the other two. Sure, did, doing did, that. Yeah, I did mostly that. Yeah. And then, um, like, were you able to get some customers online? So how did how did that go? Like, you know, this is always the hard part. Is like you're building this technology yeah. and you're probably trying to find some customers. Like, how, so, how did the sales yeah. side go? 
I mean, in that one we had interest, but it was never really done. So, um, you know, and, and that was known. I mean, it wasn't, you know, we didn't go over budget so much as, you know, we actually never raised enough to, to build the full thing. Um, so we had like, you know, demo prototype stuff, uh, but we never had any, anything that could launch into one of the potential customers. And I think the other problem, the problem from a strategic standpoint that we made before all this is the way we were building it and doing it, it could really only be sold to a large company. And that's a long cycle that, you know, you need complicated software before you can get started. Your MVP is everything, you know, in the kitchen sink. I mean, there's not, you can't do a, you know, a small, you know, initial MVP. So, I mean, we kind of, you know, knew that we had to bite off a lot and that it would need some substantial funding to get going. And it, it just never made the funding, okay. you know, was, was ultimately what killed it. Yeah. So how, how was it like winding it down? Did, uh, was there like a lot of hurt feelings? Was it like, Hey, it just didn't work out. Like that's always you know, a I, tricky part. Yeah. I mean, we were honest and transparent early. So, I mean, it wasn't a surprise, you know, um, everyone involved knew the funding situation at pretty much all times, including, you know, the other investors, um, you know, and the workers. So, you know, I mean, it was not, uh, pleasant, but <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think anyone was, I don't remember anyone being angry or acrimonious or anything. And I mean, the developers really just, you know, I mean, we gave them a, you know, I said, you know, before, uh, uh, it was either two or maybe even four weeks out, but I was like, you know, once, once that's all the you know funding we have for payroll, mm-hmm. I know I want everyone to start looking for a job. Yeah, get jobs. Yeah, and right. then, you know, we'll pay you to find a job. And if, you know, and the sooner you find a job, the more money we'll save, you know, so do that, you yeah. know, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's not going to, you know, we're not going to push it to the end hoping for a, you know, hail Mary to come and through. Because, especially because the crash was going on. I yeah, mean, it was no, just, I mean, it things had just dried up. There was, you, you know, like we had interest from numerous VCs and, you know, not to say you would have gotten anything, but you know, I mean, it was going very, right. you know, very well at one point. Uh, and then, you know, it was just nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So Coral sort of comes to an end yeah. and then like, so what's your mindset now? Are you thinking like, I want, cause sometimes people are like, you know what I want is a stable job after yeah. that experience. And then other times people are like, no, I'm going to go do it again. So what was your mindset? Yeah. It, it, it kind of in between, uh, I didn't want a necessary job in a big company cause I knew again, that wasn't the long term. Uh, but I basically figured I'll, I'll just go out and get a, uh, and let me say too, that we raised enough money at, at Coral that I wasn't, you know, paying myself very well, but like, you know, we were, we <laughs> were doing okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it wasn't a, you know, a month of, you know, living on my parents' couch or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it wasn't totally unpleasant. Um, uh, but you know, I figured I'd, I'll, I'll go get a lucrative contracting job basically after that. So then I contracted for a while, uh, with a couple different companies, went back to banking and worked at S one, which basically did online banking for, uh, like Citibank and stuff it gets rebranded, but they were the platform behind some of those things at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I worked, uh, there may have been something in between where I did a little, some projects with some people, but then, uh, the next big thing, I, I worked at Hoover's for a while. I did the, you know, the online or what well, now it's online, but the business books where they do the, you know, yeah, like all the corporate information, yeah, private about, analysis yeah, where and you stuff. Work yeah. and, or not, sorry, how many employees you have, the financials yeah. and all that stuff. Okay. They were rebuilding their system. So okay. I contracted with them for a while. So that's interesting. So were you always, were you always just like pretty adamant about like, Hey, I, I want to come work for as a contractor or were they, or is it just work out that yeah, way? Yeah, it just worked out that way. I mean, I looked into stuff. I mean, well, I, at, actually, let me correct myself. At S1, I did go contracting later, but I actually did start out as an employee there okay. for a while. Yeah. So that's and I was there for like a year and a bit 
because I think some of my options vested, although didn't, you know, wasn't worth anything. <laughs> right. Didn't matter. <laughs> All right. So then I think you do that for a while, but then I think the part that I think um, that you've sort of like, I'm going to say not invented, but like you've, you're doing um, a lot of interesting things around us, like kind of like this idea of like the startup CTO, I'm going to yeah. call it, right? So it seems like at some point along the lines is, um, and I guess maybe you can tell a story, is like you, know, you get start to get involved, what I would call like the earliest of early stage mm-hmm. customers where people kind of just have like an idea, right? Like maybe even to like non-tech people, like they just yeah. want to do something and um, they seem to, you f- seem to be the kind of ideal guy, like you can come in and like take an idea from, from essentially nothing or from some like loose business plan. And then, from not much, yeah. Yeah, from not, <laughs> let's say yeah, maybe from nothing's a little yeah, too much. Yeah. But, um, but it seems like a, an area that, you know, this is sort of like pre-seed, pre-VC. It's just yeah. like, hey, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like, I, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm going to build the next Facebook or whatever it is, right? And um, so, so I guess one, it's sort of like, how did you kind of develop this niche? Like, did, how did people start coming to you as sort of like in search of the startup CTO, yeah. CTO role? You know, I mean, it was, so it's the kind of thing I, I, I just fell into a lot. I mean, it was actually Coral, you know, I mean, that was my role there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of as a, as a member of a group, I did much of the similar, you know, stuff at, at Funds Express. So, you know, I'd had some, you know, experience uh, with it, just kind of, you know, doing it myself. And then just, uh, uh, I, I think the first one was one of the people I knew from Funds Express while I was at Hoover's you know, called me up and he had uh, an idea for uh, basically a niche product for fraud detection at uh, small banks. And uh, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I can build that. You know, I, you know, I'd talk over like, you know, what, you know, cause he knew what kind of data was available, what we could pull, what was easy to pull, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, you know, if you can, if all the banks have that kind of stuff, then we can, you know, do, you know, the, these kinds of analysis and stuff. Uh, so, you know, it was a doable project and, you know, uh, he basically, you know, paid my bills for a few months uh, and then we split, you know, the company, you know, 50, 50, uh, that worked out well, that, 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 that one we actually sold later, not for a whole lot, but, you know, for, you know, a decent return for sure. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, after that one, it was just, you know, a, every time a project wound down, you know, was starting to wound, wind down, I would, uh, you know, put out, you know, I'm not great at networking either. So, you know, to the few people I knew and just, you know, through X, Y, or Z, I think Cote would, you know, has hooked me up with one or two at mm-hmm. least. Um, you know, so I reach out to people I know that know people <laughs> and, uh, usually something, you know, just, just pops comes up. up. Yeah. So, uh, so when I'm so trying to make it a little more, uh, thoughtful yeah, and directed now. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. we should maybe talk about it. So like, I think what's interesting about it is cause you know, you and I have been talking about ideas and it's like, you know, a lot of people have come to you a bunch, you know, a, a bunch of different times now. So, so what is your mindset, right? So kind of going the other side and, you know, there's obviously an idea you're passionate about and you want to go build. I think people are, you know, obviously familiar with that story, but then there's the, you know, someone comes to you with, you know, something new. Yeah. Right. And, um, and when they're explaining it to you, like, like how do you go through the process of evaluating what it is they want to do? And like, even if you want to work on the yeah. thing that they're talking about. So, I find in general, like the ideas are good enough. Like if someone has decided I want to do this, they're willing to put, you know, significant time and or money into it. Um, then, you know, they've, they've usually done some work to vet it. Right. I mean, just in their own head and talking with people and stuff. So, I mean, things are, you know, solid enough to say maybe, you know, which is, 
and also I think from the other side is I'm pretty uh, sanguine about it, I guess you could say, in that, you know, I've, I really liked the choral idea and I like some of my own ideas. I get passionate about them, but even those I understand it's, uh, you know, like choral, which I think would have been a great product and, you know, had it been built, could have helped the world, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it would have been worth it for people to pay for it, but stuff happens, right? I mean, we didn't have anything to do with the dot com crash, you know, there's nothing I can do about IBM and, you know, uh, uh, Microsoft claiming that they're going to make the same system just to, you know, push you out like this, you know, and, but it's also a killer, you know, there's no way to fight against it. You know, I mean, did, you know, you can't explain to Disney how you're going to outmaneuver IBM, you know, there's gonna be like, you know, screw you. Uh, and so, um, you know, there's all these exogenous things and, you know, we think, uh, uh, one of the things I learned very often and, it's very philosophical, but I think it does relate, um, is the idea that, uh, tele- you know, teleology, I think that's how it said, uh, is just not true, which is the idea like, um, so most of us have a teleological way of thinking. It's how most history is written, where you look back and you say, you know, we are here because we should be here. How did we get here? And you look into the story for like meaning, right? To like say like, oh, the smartest man became the king and he was brilliant and he did these things and he won this battle because he was so brave and blah, 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 right? But that's not how it happened, right? Like the forces of history are tides that just move and they would have got there anyway, right? If you had, had, you know, Da Vinci, someone else would have done it. If you had King so-and-so, there had been some other kings, you'd have some other story, but you'd be more or less in the same place, right? For the most part. And when, you know, black swan events happens where that one guy does make a decision that, well, you know, that's also random too. He might have died of dysentery before that happened and then that wouldn't have happened. But then someone else would have made some other decision. And, you know, I mean, and and it's just, you know, uh, uh, the story is interesting, but it doesn't really mean anything. And so applying that to forward thinking, like evaluating ideas, it's like, I'm going to take this idea and work with it and some... I don't know. I keep wanting to curse, but maybe I'll keep it clean. Uh, you know, some stuff is going to happen. Uh, and you know, whether it fails or not, you just can't read anything into it. Right. Right. Like there's gonna be lessons to learn and you can do better and you want to grow in stuff, but like, it's mostly going to be chance. And also you could run these same things, you know, 10 times over and it would flip sometimes. And that 80, and so back to the 80, 20 rule where we say, you know, 20% fail, you know, I'm sorry, 20% succeed and 80% fail. Like we look at that and even I, our first impression is, oh, you know, there's the 20% that are the good ones, you know, that are, you know, will be successful. Right. Right. You know, you just don't know what they are, but they will be that, you know, right. but that's not how it is. There's just a bunch of stuff and they're all rolling the dice and some of them will roll, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you win craps, but they will <laughs> roll the winning hand right. and you know, the others won't. And if you ran history again, it would just be a different set. And, you know, the same set won't come up every time. It'll be another 20% that wins and another yep. 20% that wins. And so, you know, you can do some first order things of like, I've only ever heard one idea that I basically, you know, that I just walked away from in the idea stage. Cause it, and, it, and it wasn't even a bad idea. It was just too mushy. You know, I was like, you don't have anything here. Right. You know, you've just got like a vague direction you want to go in, you know, you need something more concrete. Uh, but you know, by the time someone gets down to a business plan and they've thought about it, you know, there's, you know, usually, yeah. you know, it's got a shot. Well, I think, you know? you know, you, you say like a lot of important things in there. And I think the, the biggest thing is, is to kind of understand, you know, the, or if you will, uh, acknowledge 
that there's a lot of luck involved in these things, mm-hmm. right? And so looking at any idea and then the inverse of luck, luck would be risk, right? It's yeah. just sort of like when you're working with people is to say, even if someone is extremely passionate about their idea, they believe, you know, they have it. It's, it, you know, no matter what it is, I think the, the conversation that I like to see in those people is that like, but we all, at the same time, like we can be very optimistic and believe this is a great idea, but we can also simultaneously acknowledge there's a tremendous amount of risk in this. Mm-hmm. Some of the things we will actually be controlled, like, can we actually build the thing that we're talking about? And then to, the, to your other point, like external factors, whether it be fundraising, competitors' behavior, societal changes, what you know, whatever, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. like these are the things that you're really not going to have uh, control over. So, like to me, that's like when I when I'd like to talk to people, like I like to see, you know, I, I call it pragmatic optimism, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think sometimes yeah. people misinterpret that as like skepticism or cynicism, and it's like. Uh, and I think that one example I've heard a lot is like, uh, we're going to Mars. We're going to build. It's like, that is great. I am on board. I would like for humanity to go to Mars. I have many questions. Like, mm-hmm. how are we going to get there? <laughs> like, how are we going to have oxygen? Like, how are we going to eat? You know, like, and I don't think there's, that's wrong, right, to ask those questions. No, it's no. not like, you know, sometimes you, you'll well, be with people. Well, that's how you get there. Yeah, yeah but yeah. sometimes, you know, you're in places where people are like, <laughs> you don't believe. Why are you so negative? And it's yeah. like, I just want to be on the ship with food, yeah. right? And you're just, yeah. so um, I think that's really important. And I think uh, that seems to be like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think of it as a very experienced way of thinking about startups is like acknowledging the risk and then working with people. I think the same thing with VCs, it's like, uh, or anyone, any investor doesn't have to be VCs. And I think it sounds like you do this in fundraising is like really forcing the risk conversation back is to say that I'm like, I am really optimistic about this. This is a great idea. This is where I think you should put some money that you could potentially lose because of trade off. But at the same time, here's a laundry list of reasons this isn't going to work. And this is why it's really risky. And if, and if you're afraid, then don't get involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a good place for you to get involved. Yeah. So, well, and, and, and I think pragmatic optimism is exactly the right phrase. Cause I, you know, I was even thinking about that in the you know car ride over to, you know, about like the traits of people that, you know, succeed and do well in this kind of stuff. And cause it's important not to be just optimistic because then you're going to way underestimate the amount of work and, you know, cause we're already bad at estimating work, right? Like we're going to do that anyway. We're going to think it's cheaper. We're going to think it's easier than it is. And if you're too optimistic, then that just gets blown out of proportion. And then you get angry when, you know, development takes longer or, you know, you can't get the sale or the, you know, you know, whatever, you know, negative event happens. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think in terms of ultimately succeeding, you know, and how I evaluate. So, I mean, like I say, so, so the idea is really like, mm-hmm, you know, like, you know, as long as like it, it's serious and it's probably good enough. Right. You know? Uh, and then it really comes down more to, you know, the people in the team and like how they're seeing it and whether they're being realistic and, you know, whether they feel flexible or not. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people, well, I say, that's a terrible phrase. I, I've worked in some situations where I didn't do enough of that. And the issue ended up being, you know, things turned out, you know, more difficult than, you know, everyone initially, you know, thought through no one's, you know, fault really. Right. It's just, that's the way it always is. And, you know, you can't get into a situation where it's, you know, people get wedded to the expectation of my idea will come to existence on this date, right. you know, and then it doesn't. And then it's just anger of like, why isn't it ready? Like what's stopping it? You know, and mm-hmm. you know, half of the answer is always you, <laughs> you know, but they don't like to hear that. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, I think as I've, 
you know, the difference now in being 40 is I'm much better at, you know, and also I think other people aging too, you know, like it's not just me, but like, you know, your cohort, yeah, cohort, yeah, all that kind of stuff is, is, you know, there's a little bit more ease around some of this stuff and understanding that it's not going to be, you know, it's going to take what it's going to take. That's probably more than we're going to think, even if we, you know, are as conservative as we can be, you know, and that's just how you need to deal with it. You know, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I think, you know, so, you know, you've got an idea, you've agreed that everyone agrees it's good enough. Cause I think that's a good way to say it. And then, um, oftentimes, right, this conversation happens. And I think there's sort of the story people tell themselves, like, uh, like so-and-so developer, like, wrote this thing over a weekend, and then they, like, put it on the Internet or put it in the App Store, and it's just, from then on out, it was just smooth sailing yeah. and, like, wow, it's just, you know, it's incredible. Cause, and, then, and then there's usually some kind of, like, you know, with today's cloud technologies and it's so easy to, to build stuff, you know, it just, it just takes, like, a, you know, a week, right? Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So I'm, this is the ultimate uh, straw man question for yeah. you is like, you know, what do you think it really takes? <laughs> and I think this is sort of like yeah, just yeah. some hard reality for everyone to yeah. hear some like real effort to like to build something of a substance yes. like a, yeah. that's going to, you know, be a foundation of some type of business, yeah. whether it be consumer or enterprise. Yeah. Um, like in general, how much time do you think it really takes to do that? You know, yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to build something, I just think of it as, you know, a significant you know, application, you know, whatever that means. Um, an e-commerce thing is usually what jumps in my head or like a blog, right? Like, right. A, like a multi, you know, multi-user blog system. Uh, uh, you know, production quality, you know, like that, you know, people stop complaining at like at least three months, you know, it, you know, three man months, right. let's say. And, uh, and that's because of the cloud and all these other things. It would have been longer, you know, in the past. And, you know, that's, you know, full time and, you know, if you're starting from scratch. Now, I will say, I do want to say, I culturally, I understand where the stories come from. Like, we over-accentuate the lightning strikes, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah, because sometimes a guy does throw up some weird thing and people download it for some reason and he makes lots of money, but, you know, it's stupid. So, like, you can't really base building real stuff off of it. Or, you know, they say it's a weekend, but really they'd been, like, tinkering with all the pieces of, you know, like, you know, they had registration and everything done and just kind of sitting there not doing anything. Other. And so they pulled stuff together. But, like, did they really work on it in a weekend? No, it was, you know, there's man months of work in it or something. Um, you know, and sometimes, like, you know, I can slap together code that looks like it works pretty quick. And, again, if you got enough people doing that, Sometimes you'll, you know, if you do that a thousand times, one of them is going to be bug free enough to go out there, not because that's a brilliant programmer. You know, I mean, people, I used to always hear the uh, phrase 10x program all the time. I was like, that is stupid. Like it's (laughs) some people are faster. Some people are more efficient. Right. So let's just pause. Do not find it. So the belief is that like that there is uh, (laughs) you hire like the worst programmers. Right. Uh, But that you can hire someone that's 10 times as efficient as like maybe your your average or worst programmer. And that that in theory you want to build a team of just that. Like I got three 10 X programmers that way I don't need like 50 right yeah. or something. Um, so this pervasive, I think in, yeah. in, in software development, this discussion, yeah. so go ahead. But, uh, you know, but like sometimes that 10 X event does happen. It's mm-hmm. not a 10 X programmer, but yeah, you know, people bang away at code. Some guys right, just going to stumble it. into, you know, just the right flow, you know, and just, happen to not make mistakes just like i can flip a coin and if i do it long enough i'll get 10 heads in a row but it doesn't mean anything you know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean i'm a great coin master it just means i did you know it happens a lot and uh 
uh, you know, so there's a, there's, so one, I understand why people that don't have experience think that that's, you know, how it might work. Right. Uh, and then two, I think there is a lot of truth to things are getting faster and easier in reality. And then three, I think there's a lot of potential we leave behind in how we build systems in that we, you know, all software is unique. Well, you know, but it's not right. Because like, you know, you come to me with an idea, no matter what it is, and it's going to be pretty rare that 80% of what I would need to build is not something that I haven't built multiple times before. Mm -hmm. And yet we always end up rebuilding it. Right. Yeah. And so I think, and, and, and when we plan, that's exactly the kind of stuff that we discount. You know, we like, you know, like we think I've done a, you know, a login screen a dozen times. I'll, I'll just do it. And then it doesn't even like, like we don't even write down, you know, a day in it. Right. right. But like really the login screen, if you're starting from scratch, yeah, yeah it's going to, it's going to take a couple of days. Yeah. You know I mean? You got password, forget, you got to validate it. You got to, you, you right. know, email be, reset, all that email right. reset. You got to have, you know, your generalized field checking before you can even do that. I mean, you've got so much infrastructure under there before yeah. and you got to pull it all together and you're doing, and so, you know, and I think that's one of the, one of the things I'm trying to change now well, I mean, you know, I've, I've done it in the past. I mean, this has kind of been an ongoing project, but I've always been very interested in like, you know, how can we, because you do need to develop too. Like you don't, you know, want to put together like your framework that's written in Perl and then like you're using it 20 years later either, right? right. So I mean, like you need to change stuff constantly, right. but you don't need to recode the same thing again and again, you know? And, uh, even with topic like microservices and all these kind of things, like you just don't really see out there that like really fits that, but I think it is possible. And so, you know, I, I think if you put the right things together, you know, then you could talk about, you know, like if you had, you know, kind of your, uh, uh, kind of bootstrap system in place where it's like, you know what, I got login, I got crud stuff set up for all account management, you know, for, you know, I've got libraries that can do like lots of stuff with calendars. I've got library, you know, that integrate with Google and I've got that, you know, from all the way from deployment to UI with testing all, you know, ready, you know, already there, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, you could orchestrate those pieces kind of in the dream of like microservices, but at the next level, cause it's not, you know, cause services are kind of easy in a way. Cause you've got the defined rest interface and all that. Like once you start dealing with humans, it's stickier, but you can apply, you know, this, like right. you can imagine that same kind of idea being applied all the way, uh, you know, through the UI and in the back end too, you know, I think, you know, to kind of come back a level, yeah. just say, I think some, some advice that I, so are, it could be faster. It could be faster. Yeah. And I think a couple of things it comes back to, it's like, but not a weekend. Right. And yeah. I think that's, um, another way to just kind of like, you know, evaluate level of effort. It's sort of like someone is sort of like, Again, uh, you know, like I have the best, like, let's take someone the kind of more naive size. Like I have the best idea ever. It's the greatest idea ever. It's just going to take two days to build. Um, and, and then we're all going to be rich. And you're like, that's probably someone you don't want to get involved with. Yeah. Right. It's possible. Like to your point, like one in a million, maybe they they hit it and, and if so you missed out. Or if they have enough or, money and they're just like, yeah, I'm willing to throw or, money in it. Yeah, they, yeah, you, money. you can be optimistic if you have, if you have a lot tons of, of money. money. Yeah. But I think, um, <laughs> I, I always think. You know, I just use it as a general rule of thumb, like, yeah. again, just something of substance. And when I talk about that, like something that like is going to have users and they're going to be doing something complicated or, you know, at least interesting, like, you know, most times it's going to take three to six months, yeah. right? That's going to be three to six months. So, you know, if you're a developer yourself and you have all the skills, it means you're, you, the way you're going to pay for that is like your own sweat equity, you know, either doing it nights and weekends or taking time off from your regular job and doing that or 
as you go into it, you're going to have to find somebody that, you know, can work on, you know, work for that level and you can essentially pay them, right? Find some way yeah. through, you know, either just money, cash or equity where that, you know, you're going to come to some arrangement because I just think right away. And, and to your point, like, I think all the things that you said there are true. It's like most of the time when you dig into these stories, like they built something in the weekend and then they threw it out and then they just rebuilt the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But when they go tell the story, it's just like, well, this was the weekend it happened. Yeah. But really everything was just thrown out. They rebuilt it and it took, you know, probably several months and there's some fundraising and, yeah. and, and it's just normal. And I think, and also I want to be, and that does happen. Happens I mean, all the time. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I, yeah. And I think that's the time, but I think it's just sort of, you know, obviously it's like, what's I'm working with people. It's to your point. It's like, you know, even if we think it's going to take three months, it'll probably be like six months before we're really satisfied with what it was because like, we're actually going to learn a lot in the three months about yeah. our assumptions. Cause it's so new. Cause the idea isn't validated. We haven't yeah. had custom. Like, we've maybe talked to a few customers, but we don't like, no one's done anything, right? And then you start to make it real and it becomes obvious. We're like, oh, there yeah. was some big misses here. And so, um, so I think, you know, it's like when you're back to the idea of like your, you know, pragmatic optimism, like, yeah, we're signing up for it. Yeah, we're, we're going to go build this. But we also realize that like some of our assumptions are definitely going to be wrong. It's going to take us a little bit longer. It is going to cost real money. We're either going to have to like give up three to six months of our own salary and work on it or we're going to have to pay someone, you know, some level of, of money or compensation to do that. Um, cause I think these are the things like you can kind of like right away when people start to like, well, oh, wait yeah. a minute, like that's way longer. I, there's this one guy in India, he's going to just do it all. And it's like, you just, I just think you shake their hands and you say, oh, yeah. good luck yeah. and, you just, and you want them. But now I think the one that come, I do want to come back to is like some stuff can be done in a weekend and I, and the stuff that I think that like, even in our sort of our careers, it's like the idea that like you could have like, you know, terabytes of data that you need to just like parse and maybe take from form A mm-hmm. to form B, right? Like that was probably something that was like a lot harder 20 years ago oh, yeah. that like, you know, you can, if you're just going to like write a script and like, you know, do some JSON or mm-hmm. convert something to JSON and like then convert it into another system and there's not a lot of end user, you know, it's like that kind of stuff or just some kind of analysis on the side where, you know, someone just wants like a, a, an Excel dump or like put in a database like real quick. Like these are things that can, I think, and generally Absolutely, be done yeah. in a weekend and yeah. we shouldn't gloss over them. It's just, that's not most ideas are some no. kind of consumer facing well, kind of application. And it's also because just like, you know, standard of living, our expectations have gone up over time. And so, you know, I could build in a weekend the kind of apps that, you know, people expected in, you know, 2000. Sure. Right. But like they expect a lot more now. And so it's kind of like, you know, that expectation is always both increasing what you have to do and it always pushes to the edge of what's efficient to do as well. Right. Because there are things which, you know, the universe of what has become easy keeps growing and growing and growing, but then the universe of what people want kind of, you know, expands again in the next ring outside of that. And, you know, the, don't know. You know, the, the distance between those both stays the same, even as the area underneath both increases. I think maybe just to give a real example is like maybe like in the late nineties, the idea of just like, let's just take a, uh, an airline system, like all you wanted to do was just check the status of a flight. No customization. You put in a number and it just tells you if it's up or down. It's like, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, for us, it's a fairly static website today. It's like, you know, in like 99 or 2000, would have taken a long time to do, yeah. right? Because, and, um, and it would have been awesome. People would have loved it. They're like, oh, thank God, I don't have to call the airline or I'm not like waiting so long. I can actually just go over here and see it. And like, so now we come fast forward and it's like, you know, that's just, table stakes. No mm-hmm. one even cares about it. Now it's like, I want to like, you know, uh, not only do I want to like book my vacation, but I want to be notified in advance of any problems. I want to get the best deal. Mm-hmm. I want, and you know, I want it on mobile. I want it on the web. I want it personalized for me. And you, and you think, 
you know, that that today is, is going to take some effort, right? And I, and I think um, kind of thinking in that, that type of, you know, to your point about expectations change as much as anything else, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. So, so I don't think there will maybe, there probably will never be a time that truly, oh, no, yeah. you can just be I like, think it's pretty it, constant. Yeah. in a weekend, you can do something of value because expectations <laughs> will change again, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what we'll want next, but like, we'll just want to say into a phone, like do this thing that we've never asked it before and it will just work. Right. And yeah. that'll probably be pretty hard. Well, I mean, I think you do have, um, I think you said it right at, you know, at, at one point it's the, uh, uh, you can do stuff of value very quickly, but if what you're thinking of involves a, you know, new app of some kind, you know, which is significant in its feature set, meaning, you know, something that's more than just like a screen that does one thing, you know, mm-hmm. like if there's buttons, people can click, <laughs> you know, then you're looking at a minimum three months, six, and I'd say two of development time, you know, that's going to presuppose that you've done, you know, that there's been some thought up ahead and that in between, and that, that development time might get spread out by finding things and needing, you know, you know, needing to, uh, learn, yeah, learn. Yeah. Change, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you'll always discover, well, you'll usually discover something once it goes live, no matter how much, you know, late work you've done. You know? For sure. Yeah. So, um, so kind of think about like, you know, so when someone comes to you, right. And they want to mm. like, and, and you know, you're potentially bringing them on, like what suggestions would you give to someone? It's like, Hey, I, I believe I have a good idea Yeah. and I'm, I've saved up some money, right? So I've put aside probably your own money or maybe raise money. I mean, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever your options is. Like, willing to go raise. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've, I've, I've seen a path to like, actually, you know, put some money behind it to fund some level of effort, let's say yeah. three to six uh, months development. Like, what do you think they need to have done when they come to you so that like you're really maximizing your work together? Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the first things I often think about and, you know, talk about is, uh, what can you bring beyond the idea to this? Right. Which, I mean, usually there's something too, cause they've thought about that. Um, you know, but it's kind of the baseline every once in a while you get someone that like just has an idea and they just, and they just love it and they want to sell you on the idea and you know, you should love it. Um, and so, you know, that's typically a non-starter. Like, you know, you're going to be a team and ideally for myself too, I kind of want to be the junior partner in the team. Like I'm the professional here whose job it is to build it, to, you know, share my experience about startups and things like that and, you know, give emotional support. And I mean, there's lots of stuff I can do for you, but ultimately, you know, this is going to be, you know, need to be your baby. Uh, and, you know, cause I mean, you, you know, you potential customer are going to be the, you know, your client or partner, let's say, you know, or, you know, going to be the one that, uh, you know, has to push this thing. Like, I'm not going to do business. I'm not going to do marketing. I'm not going to do sales. You know, you need to have those things answered either in yourself or a plan to go get them or work with me. You know, I mean, I'll, you know, help you find plans for some of this stuff, but like, you know, and you need to have a realistic understanding of what these holes are in the team. You know, we need to be able to talk about what can be filled and what can't be. And you need to be able to have that discussion you know, in a rational way, which just isn't, you know, I've decided, you know, build it, they come kind of mentality, um, which not a lot of people have, but sometimes you have to, you know, I mean, people come to excited, right? So you always have to, you know. Well, I do think no matter uh, who you are, yeah. I think this is just human condition. I've fallen for this many times is that like, there is this belief that like once it's built and I start showing people, <laughs> yeah. they're going to, they are coming, yeah. right? People are really going to get, and it's like, it's just, I mean, yeah. it, 
like no matter how many times I, don't, I think this applies equally to like art like music it applies or, to me sometimes too anything like there's know? just yeah. like this overriding optimism yeah. like, once i show it to people it's on like yeah i won't have to like and i think like yeah. a musician and so i think to what what you're getting at i i believe is like maybe the hardest thing it's like you know once you've committed someone's committed to maybe like hey Zane's building it he's going and we're going to check in and we're going to make sure it's built really well but like i i think that's the second hard part is like okay it's really to kind of like own the reality. It's like once I once this is built, probably no one's going to want to use it initially. Mm-hmm. They really won't, right? So like I like you know, it's like the sooner you can like truly like commit to that belief yeah. and be like, okay, no one's really using it now. What am I going to do? To your point about like sales, marketing, outreach, growth, um, because like once and I think sometimes it, sometimes you just have to like there may be uh, I have unfortunately found found this to be the case. Sometimes you just have to like go through that process. You need to like have built it, mm-hmm. have no one have used it. Like it's almost like going through an emotional stage, right? Like you're, you fork it's, it's, it's been built. You're like, and then you kind of plateau and then you're kind of like really down that like it didn't really happen, but then you kind of come back out and you kind of level out again. You're like, okay, now that I've lived through that, what could I do yeah. to like promote my idea? And, and your expectations are totally reset. You go from like, I'm probably going to be retired in six months to like, can I just get one customer or like right. some level of usage in the next month? Right. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like, like if there's a void that most startups or any new idea, I shouldn't even say startup, just any new ideas, it's that it's like owning yeah. that, um, and not to be distracted. Like the launch, meaning the date that it's available will almost definitely be a letdown. So don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And, 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 and I think that gets back to like the flexibility and stuff I was talking to, because a lot of that flexibility is be able to let go of, uh, your ideas and get some distance. You know, I think part of the reason we have a blind spot for our own ideas, you know, because, because I've got it too. I mean, I built some, you know, some of the stuff I built, I'm just, I'm still flabbergasted today. Why, <laughs> like, you why know, isn't this like going? why hasn't it gone viral? I don't understand. It's real. It's, it's brilliant. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, I think the way you get through that and, and, and a lot of times with, you know, customers, it's starting to, you know, help them this process as, you know, as early as possible mm-hmm. is, you know, you are not your ideas, right? Like, you know, good on you for having done this work and putting it together and stuff. But like, once it gets out there, it's kind of its own life, you know, as much as you can, you need to be able to separate your, you know, commitment to this project, you know, to its, you know, success on launch day, like you say, right. You know, and, 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 and be ready to be able to jump back into it. And, uh, you know, people that have had, you know, either experience or for, you know, whatever reason that kind of have that understanding. I think that is often the difference between, uh, success and failure, or at least being able to move the needle, you know, to give yourself the best odds. Um, because you're going to run into challenges. Things are going to take longer. You need to be able to let go of all those things. You need to be able to let go of your idea. Cause sometimes you get out there and the key heart of everything, you know, that was the brilliant thing that got you started, that got us to where we are today. People don't care about. And, but sometimes there's a pivot you can make, you know, you've built this software that can do all these other things and your customers are telling you, if you'll listen, that they're interested in the, you know, the, you know, the beta testers, you know, friends and family that you've you know, shoehorned into it at this right. point, you know, are telling you that, Oh, you know, this, I, I really wish I could do this other thing, you know, and if you can find the space to let go and, you know, move, you know, where people want, sometimes that can, you know, be part of it too. And so I think just being able to continually like, you need to have faith and believe and move towards this thing that you see while all this time understanding that it's probably not real. You'll probably get somewhere else 
and or you're just gonna have to go you know most likely you'll just have to go home and you know like it does best when you know you just hold that all those things are true right you know and yeah it, and i it, think it's difficult yeah know? no it is and I, I think that's um i think you hit on a lot of things there too it's like you know sometimes you know because i'm i'm sort of tired of like the mvp conversation it's like you know, really all there is is like you build something that you think is like good enough for people to use. And if you believe and and it's just a choice. I think at this point it's just a choice. Like you either see something, a problem that you want to go solve and you're going to put three to six months time and effort to like go do it yeah. um, because because you want to. Because, you know, whatever internal drive, you believe the problem is great because you're motivated that way because this is what you want to work on. This is just how you want to spend your life, right? This is what these are the kind of things you want to do. And it's like, you know. You either do that and you get these things out there and then you just start to observe what happens, right? And it can go in a lot of different directions. Or you just decide that like, hey, I just, I don't want to do that. It is too much uh, effort, right? And it's, you know, it's I, actually, I, I really just want to like program on the side on the weekends and yeah. just play around with things. And and that's okay too, right? And I think, um, I think, but it's just like, sort of acknowledging that journey. And I really, like we said before, it's like, you know, I think this is really hard. I'm difficult too around the... Um, the, you know, separating the, uh, you know, your ideas are not you, right? It's like, because uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's just hard not to get all wrapped up in it. But the more that you're just like, hey, I tried this, it was successful, and not to get too much of an ego if it's successful or if it fails, like not to get too down, right? Yeah. It's just to stay uh, level-headed, so. Good. Yeah. All right, Dane, we're almost out of time. So you are, you know, as I like to say, the startup CTO. Where, um, and I know you're doing some projects now, but you're always looking for more yeah. projects, right? So where can people find you online? Uh, really, email is best. Uh, so just Zane, Z-A-N-E, at liquid-labs.com. Uh, and uh, I need to put a refresh on the website, but hopefully by the time uh, this gets out, it'll be up. It'll be out there? Yeah. And then you've got some, uh, some of your own projects that you're working on, right? Some like new ideas. Yeah. I think you're... Still baking, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing that I, I'm I'm trying to kick off now is um, I'm calling it piecework, which I think describes it well, but I don't know how that term uh, lands. <laughs> uh, but I'll just go with it for now. And uh, it's basically you know bounty on GitHub issues uh, with you know a few twists that I'm hoping makes it work better. Uh, and uh, the idea uh, for me is to um, you know go back to a lot. Back when I was saying that, you know, it seems that there's a lot of stuff which you could build and reuse, you know, in an app. Maybe they have like bootstrap apps ready to go. Uh, and so, you know, I'm very interested in building that in an open source uh, way, but then having, you know, both putting money into it myself and uh, uh, the people I work with uh, on the startups, part of the uh, uh, proposition there is, you know, we're going to build things. We're going to open source bits that have nothing to do with what makes you special, but we can get it built a lot faster. So, you know, have, have, have them actually put some money in to basically fund, uh, these bounties on the, on the, uh, GitHub issues. And then also the people, uh, that work on them set it up in such a way that it becomes really referenceable work, you know, in part just cause it's open source, but also do extra things where, you know, it'll, you know, have a little, and, you know, people want to chime in and tell me what they want. That'd be great, too. Um, you know, but I've got the idea of, you know, we'll provide you with a portfolio page, you know, like links that are meant to be put on your resume that come in and, you know, show something interesting and that all these little pieces, uh, you know, in general will come with, you know, some kind of uh, example thing that's part of what people get paid to build right. so that when, you know, the 
guy that's clicking through resumes and has, you know, 10 seconds to look at it can do, they can click on the link, you know, they'll see something visual and clear that shows what you did. And, you know, it'll show that you can follow specs and do work and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and you get paid for it, you know, at the yeah, same time. I like that. It's sort of yeah. like kind of like the kind of like gig economy for developers. Yeah. Like, hey, build this thing that does this. Gig economy. And I do want to say though, working very hard to make sure that the, uh, uh, the compensation is commensurate. So it's not, this is not about driving down. This is about getting quality software at, you know, that can be reused and all that kind of stuff. And about, you know, you know, for me, it's about orchestrating high level designs, you know, and kind of, you know, getting all the, you know, components in place. Uh, but it's not about, you know, <laughs> like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to reduce, yeah, no, you know, like cost. Yeah. For, uh, no, I think, yeah. well, I think it's back to what we said before. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you're taking the time to put something out on, on your potential site, it's like, it's probably going to be of some level of effort, some substance. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's like we said before, it's like most of the time, it just, in this case, maybe smaller, but like it is going to cost like a reasonable amount of money. Yes. So don't yeah. like, everyone always wants to trick themselves like, oh, it's going to be cheaper. It's like, it generally is not cheaper. And if it is cheaper, it generally won't do or meet yeah. the expectations you want. So there's no getting around that. And maybe, you know, maybe we're being offered no, too no, much no. reality on no, this no. podcast. I mean, I think, well, I mean, because I think the trick is it can be cheaper, but it's cheaper in the amortized cost over time. So the trick is to build something that you can reuse in all the right ways. Right. And that's very tough to do. And oftentimes it means that it's harder to build than if you didn't build it for that. Right. Cause that's, cause this is a trap we always fall into and why this stuff doesn't exist. Cause everyone's like, Oh, I gotta get a login page. so I can do all this. stuff. I'll just throw the login page together. So we all have these thrown together login pages. Whereas if you took 10 times the amount of effort, yes, Mm -hmm. to build a reusable, extensible, decomposable, all these things that you need, you know, well-tested, documented, you know, I'll just say login page, although that's a little reductive, but you know, uh, then, uh, you know, it's going to cost you a lot more upfront, but it will cost less the hundredth time you've used it, you know? And so that's how you reduce the cost. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, listen, we'll put, uh, all your contact information and way uh, people can get a hold of it in the show notes. So if you are, you have an idea, you've sort of validated it, to the best you can. We'll say, even say like you're willing to pay something. Maybe yeah. you believe it's three to six months. Yeah. Uh, and you, and you're looking for someone to like help you get it going. You know, I think Zane has uh, very good terms to offer you. So you should contact him and he'll, he'll try to build it. And if this is the first time uh, you've heard this podcast, you can go to our soft, uh, our website at softwaredefineinterviews.com. There you'll find all our previous episodes and you can click on and subscribe it. And you can also go over to another podcast that we do. It's a software defined talk where myself, Zane's good friend, Michael Cote and uh, Matt Ray. I think Zane has worked with all of those guys uh, where the three of us get on. We usually talk about the news of the week and um, we would really appreciate if you uh, uh, would subscribe to that. So, and as always, if you want some free stickers, which I just gave Zane, you can email me at stickers at software defined talk.com. And I will be happy to send you some stickers. And with that, we will talk to you next time.